Thoughts are things. Welcome to Thoughts Are Things. I'm Jonathan Zenz. Today, we begin with the actual Thoughts Are Things section of the book, The Science of Mind. It wouldn't have been that way had I not missed my blog post yesterday, but I missed a post for a good reason. I was laying down scratch tracks for my album. Wait, you're recording an album, you ask? Why, yes, I am. There is no release date yet. I am literally at the beginning stages of the process. Singing scratch tracks is the first part of this process. Following that, my producer will work on laying down instrumentation on those tracks. And later, I will record the proper vocals for the songs. But let's get to thoughts are things. I always marvel at the myriad highlighted sentences and notes written in the margins of my book. The copy of The Science of Mind that I'm using for this year's reading is one of perhaps a half a dozen I have possessed. The very first copy I ever bought has completely fallen apart at the seams, but I keep it because it is interesting to me to see the evolution of my thinking over the years. Now, the copy I'm currently using was a copy I started using when I was in the depths of teaching early classes in the foundations of the philosophy. This section of the book clearly means a lot to me. Right at the end of the chapter, Holmes writes this, We should strive toward a perfect vision, a perfect conception. We should expand our thought until it realizes all good and then cut right through all that appears to be. All that appears to be. The manifest world is the appearance of what is happening in mind. That is why we say thoughts are things. The fundamental teaching is simple in this regard. If you want to have a different experience of life, first and foremost, what you are thinking about must change. Simple. Not always easy. So as I've mentioned before, the work toward this ideal is the technique we develop to train our minds. I liken this to singing, and I can explain one aspect of how technique helped me yesterday in the recording of the scratch tracks for my album. Now, you may recall from last week's podcast that I have been sick recently. This illness has taken a toll on my voice, and even today there is residual stuff going on that has compromised my vocal capacity from what I would consider a norm. I've always been able to sing. It's something I have done from the time I was a child. When I was in grade four, my music teacher, Miss Belcheff, suggested that I audition to sing with the Tucson, Arizona Boys Chorus. Apparently, she heard something in me that, at the age of 10, I was not aware I had, an innate and natural singing ability. So I auditioned and was accepted. It was the first formal musical training I ever received. I learned the basics of music theory, that is, how to read music, and I also learned proper vocal production technique. And this all served me very well. I loved the learning. I never learned another instrument, although I have dabbled and still occasionally dabble in trying to play the piano and trying to play the guitar. My voice was always my instrument. 
The training of the voice has continued in various ways throughout my life. I studied some while I was at university, and I've had numerous private teachers and coaches, and every single one has contributed to the development of technique. Mastering a technique means I now don't need to think about much of what I do as specifically as I once did. Mastering a technique means that proper vocal production has become second nature. Do I still need to work on it? Occasionally, yes, but mostly the technique is a given. This was important to me yesterday because I had to sing through a lot of chest and head congestion, all those residual effects of having been sick. The technique allowed me to accomplish what was needed in the recording session yesterday without damaging my voice. So why does this matter? Well, it's all about technique. When we develop technique, we don't need to think about the fundamentals or mechanics as much. Training is what it took for me to develop a technique in singing. The same goes for developing a technique in spiritual practice. Each and every one of us can be masters of spiritual practice if we are willing to put in the time required to develop our technique. If we are to embody the perfect vision or perfect conception that Ernest Holmes writes about, we have to be willing to do the work. This really begins with incorporating fully the idea that thoughts are things. Whatever we are experiencing in our lives is the direct result of what we have been thinking. Holmes wrote that all thoughts and emotions are still present in mind, where ceaselessly active, they manifest themselves as subjective tendencies that mold the body in health or sickness. Well, that's good news and bad news all rolled up into one statement. The bad news is this. We are the sum total of all that we have ever thought, are currently thinking, or actually ever will be thinking. So if we have lives that are currently challenging, the only way to address them is in our thinking. The good news is we are not relegated to forever experience anything that we don't like. We have the power to change our lives. That power is the power of our own minds. That's simple. There are no tricks in doing this, just development of techniques. It is our responsibility and no one else's to maintain our thoughts in the constructive realm. Once we've developed the technique, our thoughts more readily go to that constructive place. Just like yesterday, I didn't need to think about proper vocal production as much as I might once have. And I don't need to think about proper mental technique as much as I once needed to. It goes with what I have frequently said to those who have been working on their own technique. It's work until it's not. So this week, start to look more closely at what your tendency is in your thinking. Pay careful attention to whether the thoughts you think are constructive or destructive. Determine in that moment if the identified thought is welcome in your life any longer. Now, here is a technique to alleviate some of the angst that some people go through. It's this. 
do not try to change the thought. The thought exists. You actually cannot change it. What you can do is actively place your focus on another thought, a constructive thought. As you practice this moment by moment and develop a habit of focusing on the constructive, your technique becomes rooted in that practice. And soon enough, you don't have to think about it. So, sing your song. Think your best thoughts. After all, thoughts are things. They are showing up in your life. It all starts in mind, and you are in charge of your mind. So choose to use it wisely. Thoughts Are Things is an independently produced podcast. You can check out my blog, sign up for regular updates, or leave a comment on what you've heard today by visiting jonathanzens.com. Also, check out the latest on the development of the spiritual community I am founding in Tucson, Arizona, by liking our page on Facebook. Use the search function on Facebook and look up the page by typing in Tucson New Thought. Finally, my book, Thoughts Are Things, is now available on Amazon.com. Just look up Jonathan Zenz at Amazon and order your copy today.